in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and HornFM.com with the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Start up your Thursday on B&E. That's right after the long holiday weekend. Already to a buck-off Thursday here on the show of the people. You deliver them each and every week. Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. The best buck-off of the day. We'll be at Gambler Days coming up the end of August. Three days of great bull riding. I didn't finish. I watched all eight episodes of The Ride. That uh, prime video docu-series taking you behind the scenes of the inaugural season of team bull riding in the PBR. And it was great. Really, really well done. Best bull rider in the world. Yeah, you got to learn a lot about Jose Vitor Lemmy. Yep. Uh, Jose Vitor Lemmy is the Michael Jordan of bull riding. He is an Austin gambler. And, uh, man, it's really a, a well-done show. You know, we're seeing more and more of those because it's, you know, people, people love them. And you learn a lot about, you know, F1, of course, exploded with the, uh, the drive to survive. Uh, Netflix series, we told you yesterday, Jerry Jones has signed on to do a 10-part docu-series behind the scenes of the 90s Cowboys and the triplets and uh, – you know, Jerry Jones himself is a big character of that. So, uh, I mean, when did you ever think that the the F one schedule for twenty twenty four is out, and people were all excited about the new F one? Oh man, it's it's schedule for next year. I mean, it's it's massive. Yes, uh, for sure. And but you know, for people to know about your sport, there's a lot of options in sports, right? But for people to know about it, learn about the people behind the scenes, and you know, as JJ got said to us last week, you know, take the helmets off of the bull riders. Oh and yeah, get to know them where they come from. Just uh, some incredible athletes and people. Um, you know, the, the drama of it is great. So it's kind of like the, the F1 thing. If you, a lot of people who, who fell in love with F1 didn't know anything about it when they started watching Drive to Survive. But it, it, it took you behind the scenes enough where you learned about the drivers and the drama and the, you know, the, the, the sophistication of the sport and the money that's pumped into that and the competition. Uh, and now it's, you know, couldn't be more popular. There's got the, uh, the Vegas race coming up. And, um, again, there was a time late last decade where it didn't look like that race was going to survive No, at Circuit of the Americas with That's Bobby right. Epstein. And now it's not just surviving, it's thriving. And you can't get a ticket to the place. There'll be 150,000 people out there in October of this coming year. So, um, yeah, I did I did see the ride. Highly recommend it. It's on Prime Video. It's a pretty easy watch. Uh, really, really well done. Eight episodes, about an hour each. And uh, excellent, excellent uh, you know, watch there for your streaming. So check that out and buck on to the folks who produced that show because it was really, really well done. Uh, but more coming. I think there are some, I was listening to some folks buck off Jerry Jones yesterday for doing this docuseries, which will distract from the uh, current team. But at the same time, you know, Jerry's going to do his thing and, you know, 50 million bucks from Netflix to put this thing together. Uh, I think Cowboy fans. And, and and one thing that you need to think about with that docuseries, Buck, is there's a, like, our producer Ty Henderson's not here. Jack Farrell is producing this morning. There's an entire generation of Cowboys fans who don't know that story. No, they have no clue. I mean, since Ty Henderson's been born, they haven't come close to the Super Bowl. He's 25 years old. That's how long the drought has been. So to go back and kind of like, you know, a lot of people learned about Michael Jordan and the Bulls dynasty. Uh, they knew the, 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 or the, the, the legend of Michael Jordan. You know, they knew the, the, the era of, of it. But to go back and get behind the scenes with it really captivated folks and, and brought a whole, a whole new group of fans. I think 
you know, Jerry Jones seeing this as an opportunity to do the same. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Micah Parsons and what they're doing defensively. I mean, the real doomsday defense yeah. and what those guys were all about. Well, it was it that was, was every year. Well, and I, you know, as I read, the Netflix is, is it's going to be about the the three Super Bowls, the triplets, Jerry buying the team to the to the to the success of those years. They're not going to go all the way back into the Tex Schramm America's no. team. This is all Jerry Jones, and you know. Again, they they haven't smelled a soup, sniffed a Super Bowl in 25 years, or since 1995. But they're they're still America's team, and uh, you know people it, it'll be consumed. <laughs> Just like uh, the uh, you know, gosh, when when the Jordan documentary came out, right, the Last Dance, the Bulls hadn't been very relevant much in the last couple decades, and still. Everybody couldn't get enough, and I think people will be reminded just how good those Cowboys teams were, and I think the overriding drama storyline will be what could have been. You know, what could have been if Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson could have gotten along and egos wouldn't have clashed, and they could have just kept on winning. <laughs> and Jerry Jones would be the ultimate businessman. Jimmy would be the ultimate football guy. And they could have. They could have, but, but they didn't. But they didn't. And then Barris Switzer. Jerry said, no, thanks. I'm all encompassing. I got this whole thing. I got you. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the other headlines, trending topics on a buck off Thursday. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with Texas football. Yesterday was uh, it was announced the 2023 preseason all Big 12 teams and or team and individual awards ahead of next week's Big 12 media days in Arlington. Texas linebacker Jalen Ford named the conference's preseason defensive player of the year. Uh, after a vote of media representatives who cover the league, he was joined uh, on the first team All Big 12 team by four teammates as well. The senior from Frisco, Jalen Ford, led the Longhorns with 119 tackles last season, had a couple of sacks, forced three fumbles, recovered two, had four picks. He's joined on that all-conference team in the preseason by wide receiver Xavier Worthy, tight end Jatavion Sanders, offensive tackle Kelvin Banks, and defensive lineman Byron Murphy. Five selections of Texas players were the most for any one school in the Big 12. Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels, the pick for the conference's offensive player of the year. K-State running back Treshawn Ward tabbed as the newcomer and top newcomer for 2023. Uh, as we say, Big 12 media days next Wednesday and Thursday. In Arlington, in college basketball, Texas head coach Rodney Terry and staff hosted a player yesterday that they hoped could be the final piece to their rebuilt roster for the upcoming season. Central Florida graduate transfer guard Ethel Horton was on campus for an official visit. 6'5 off-ball guard, athletic experience, has scored 1,150 career points, uh, two seasons at Pittsburgh, and then a year last year at UCF would be a strong compliment to the uh, current Texas backcourt. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that front. NBA trade has been finalized between the Mavericks, Spurs, and Celtics. That's going to land the young forward Grant Williams in Dallas. Williams will join the Mavericks on a four-year, $54 million deal via sign-in trade. Spurs will receive Reggie Bullock in an unprotected Dallas pick swap in 2030, while the Celtics will receive multiple second-round picks in the deal for their 24-year-old restricted free agent. Also, Mo Bamba from Lifetime Longhorn has found a new home. He signed a one-year deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. Baseball Astros gained another game on the first-place Rangers in the L West yesterday. They beat Colorado 6-4. Yiner Diaz homebred in his first two at-bats. Jeremy Pena added a two-run shot in his return from injury. Rangers all got doubled up in Boston at Fenway Park last night 4-2. They lead the Astros by two games now in the West. Round Rock, a 2-0 loser at Sugarland. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, we'll get back into that Cowboys conversation at the bottom of the hour. Before you know, you can... when, you, when, you, when you talked about Ford and he had four interceptions last year, you know there's secondary guys that have great careers. That That's what their career stats could be, four interceptions in their career as in the secondary. This dude at linebacker had that. Yeah. 
and not just four interceptions. I mean, pick, I mean gosh, think of the, the the big pick at Kansas. Oh yeah, he had big interceptions, big but, fumbles. But yeah, his plays were huge, game changing plays. I mean, the the three forced fumbles recovered by teammates, mm-hmm. and then two recovered fumbles. Yep. And the biggest of those, think of that Iowa State game, where it looked like Iowa State was driving to win the ball game and steal a game from Texas, and uh, Jay, you know, fumble forced and. You know, game over. Texas won. So, and that's the thing with this Longhorn team. And we'll, we'll, with that in mind, let's before we I mention, let's dive into our coach's corner uh, every morning here between seven ten and seven twenty. It's brought to you by our friends at Audiovisual Consultations. All right, so AV Consultations brings There's, it to you. Yeah. And well, so for so we, we talked about Texas last year, and we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian here coming up because Sark was on a podcast mm-hmm. with Greg McElroy this week, uh, the All About College Football podcast that Greg McElroy does. And, you know, we, you talk about the, the four losses for Texas last year. Three of them were fourth-quarter losses that, you know, if, if Texas wins one of them, they play in the Big 12 title game. That, that's how close it was. But at the same time, there were a couple of wins that could have gone the other way, too. That Iowa State sure. game jumps to mind as a game that, that you know, could have been an L pretty quickly. Uh, they, so this is where that team was playing last year, and that's what you hope this year with the returning players, the continuity on the coaching staff, the the infusion of of new even new more new players um, and more talent that you can create some separation in games this year. Well, right? yeah, when you when you when you start to say your team looks the way you expect the team to look, they look like my team. Well, you expect to win those kind of games. You you need to win the majority of those games. You you can't come out on the wrong side of those games. If they're if they're one possession games, you as the head coach have got to make the plays where the players are confident enough. To execute the plays and get it done. Don't you know? You can't come back at the end of the game and say, you know what? If we would have done this, we would have won that game. And only it was it was just that one series. You have to be able to come back and say, you know what? This is what my team looks like, and we're going to you know the majority of these kind of games, we're winning these. Well, let's hear Sark yesterday on uh, Greg McElroy's podcast, uh, all about college football podcast, uh, on that very topic: winning close games. Winning close games are going to be there, especially when you move into the SEC the next year. Here's Sark on the uh, the culture they're trying to build in those fourth quarters. You know, two years ago, we couldn't find a way to win any of those games. And we yeah. were all our, all our losses the year before were tough, heartbreaking losses. Last year, um, definitely some some tough losses when you think about Oklahoma State or the Texas, Texas Tech, Tech like yeah. games. Games really, we really felt like walking out of there, we just gave one away. But I also looked to last year, I looked to, you know, going into Kansas State and winning that game in a tight ball game in the fourth quarter. I looked to the Baylor game at the when we were behind in the fourth quarter um, and then and then kind of take over that game and, and go win it in the fourth quarter. So I see. All right, there's Sark playing close games. He's right. You know, for the games they lost at Texas Tech, uh, they lost to uh, to Oklahoma State and Stillwater. They did go into K-State and beat the Big 12 champions on their foot and on their mm-hmm. field. They beat Baylor in that fourth quarter where they just ran the ball with Bijan and Roshan and took over the line of scrimmage in that game when Quinn Ewers was struggling. Uh, in that football game, but you know the Iowa State game, they found a way to win it, and that's that's the next step, right? He's right. The year for before me is for sure is 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 winning that. Now here's Sark also with Greg McElroy talking about he feels like you know one of the reasons he's been so confident about his team is that he feels like his team is confident and they are on a mission uh, to do something. You know, nobody only on this roster, only Christian Jones, the right tackle, has played in the Big Twelve title game back in 2018. No one else on this roster has played for a Big 12 championship, much less won one. Here's Sark on uh, the team on a mission mindset that's going on right now. You know, I really feel like our team's on a mission. Like we, we've, we've, we've been building for this um, to, to, to win a Big 12 championship. I felt like 
you know, that they will all tell you that, that we missed an opportunity a year ago to not play for the big 12 championship game because of our own undoing. You know, we made, we made some mistakes in a couple of games that cost us an opportunity to be in that game. Uh, And these guys have been on a mission all fall or all winter, all spring. Uh, And what was interesting, we were in a team meeting and I was referencing that, Hey, just so you guys are aware, they're going to release the sec schedule tonight. These guys wanted to put out our 2023 schedule to remind everybody who we were playing <laughs> this year. Uh, and so it, it didn't take much. I mean, we've got great leadership on this team. We've got guys that, you know, really the full allotment of our team now are players that I inherited that have now been with us for three years and have completely bought into who we are and what we're doing or their kids that we recruited that believed in what we were doing. And that's why they came here. So we, we really have a locker room full of guys that are believing in, 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 in what we believe uh, and have really good leadership and are putting forth uh, the necessary effort and means to, 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 to try to be a champion. And that's, that's why they came here. And, and hopefully we're giving them the platform and the tools to go do that. All right, Steve Sarkeesian on the yep, uh, Greg McElroy podcast. Keep, keep recruiting at that level that you're recruiting at. Well, it's good to hear because we heard a lot about player-led team last year, and I think it was. I think you know Roshan and Bijan were huge factors in that leadership, and, and you know now you're looking at guys who are going to lead this team who you know feel like there's unfinished business, right? They they feel like they left some games on the field in the fourth quarter that would have put them in the Big Twelve title game. They only they can fix that, right? The coaches have to coach better too, mm-hmm. but. The players have to make the plays uh, to deliver those victories. And when you've got returning players who, who have that chip on the shoulder, right, the Christian Jones, I just mentioned, he's back for a sixth year. you got Jalen Ford, who could have gone off to the NFL. He's back. Jordan Whittington uh, in that same role. A lot of guys who had opportunities to move and go elsewhere. The other thing the Longhorns had was very few transfers, Buck. I mean, the transfers out of this program were guys who weren't going to play a lot, right? They were bottom-of-the-depth chart kind of guys. Yeah, they just weren't playing time. So that kind of gives you signs of a – of a, of a strong bonded team that, that wants to go win something on their way out of the Big 12. Uh, one other, a couple other here from Sark with uh, Greg McElroy. Ignoring the media hype, that's going to be a big challenge because, let's, let's be fair, Texas hasn't done anything. They haven't done any much at all. Yet there is going to be a lot of preseason hype for this team uh, when we get up to Big 12 media days next week. I would imagine they'll be the pick to win it for a lot of people. They're going to be ranked in the you know, top 15 in the preseason, maybe higher when those polls come out. Uh, how do you ignore that and just go win football games? Here's Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, you know what I try to do is I try to show them both ends of the spectrum. You know, yeah. I can I can show somebody who says, you know, we're a potential playoff team, and I can show a national reporter who say we have no chance at winning the Big 12 championship. So when I can put both of them on the table and put them both on the overhead side by side, it's really not what anybody else thinks. It's about what we do and what yeah. we believe in this room. And so it's pretty simple. I don't spend a bunch of time on it, but I, I do realize that these kids do see and they do read and they are on their phones. And so I try not to not to acknowledge what's out there. Um, but but that, it's a really easy one because, like I said, you know, I you can pull one thing up and it says we're supposed to be one thing. Pull another thing up and it says totally opposite. All right, so we're going to define who we're going to be by the way we play. Well, there's no doubt about that. But once again, you're at Texas. Expectations will be high, no matter if they're you know if they're legit or not. That's just the way it is. It's it just it, that comes with the territory. So you can get you know somebody's going to say, well, you're at least number nine or eight in the country when you may be 15, you know, or whatever. I mean, the expectations are just going to be there. 
They are. And if you recruit the way you're recruiting, the expectations should be there. Agreed. Agreed. Let's hear Sark on the quarterback room. Greg McElroy asked him about the QBs. Obviously, we talked about the picture, uh, the, the flexing picture of yesterday with five quarterbacks. You know, Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning, Malik Murphy. Uh, here's Sark on that that talent in that room, the position he played. Yeah, I'm really fired up about that room. Um, I, I think, you know, the, collectively we are a very talented group. Um, a group that works really hard and, and works really well together. You know, Greg, you've been in enough quarterback rooms. You know when that room's good. When guys are engaging with one another, having fun with one another, they've got good rapport, uh, they're competing, but yet they're doing it in a way where they're they're trying to, you know, get better individually, um, but also supporting the other guy and knowing the things that he's working on. So we have that. Quinn has had a great kind of just offseason. And in my opinion, it really started in December and in, in prepping for the bowl game. I thought he prepared really well. He played really well in the bowl game. We didn't play great around him. Um, and then that continued into winter conditioning and spring ball, and he's he's been fantastic in the summer. He looks great. He's in the best shape of his life. Then there's Malik Murphy, a guy who just hasn't been able to stay healthy for us, but very talented, um, great leadership ability, has a unique arm talent to, to throw it all over the field. Um, and he's going into year two in the system. And then you put Arch in there, who you know I, I felt like I needed to remind everybody, like on our <laughs> spring game, the guy should have been at like the the senior like car wash, right? Raising money for prom or something. Like he was should still should have still been in high school uh, at that game. And so uh, it was invaluable experience for him to be with us um, and to kind of get a lot of that newness out. Um, hey, he's a normal guy with us, and he's a normal guy for himself and in and around the building. But for everybody else. When you carry the name, it comes with those expectations. So I think for him to try to realize how to balance those types of things, um, in the end, he's on the, he's on a great trajectory for us. He's going to be a really good player for the University of Texas, a great leader. Um, so I, I do. I, I really love where, where that room is at right now. Right there is uh, Steve Sarkeesian in our coach's corner. Uh, likes the quarterback room, obviously. And uh, you got to feel good about it. And that's, you know, where Quinn yours, you know, does, does his, we know what his ceiling is. But, you know, can he get there? Can he reach that ceiling with the weapons that have been put around him, an offensive line that looks to be a strength of the team, a running back room that's unproven, but there's talented guys there. You know, he's the piece that really has to, to drive the bus. Yeah, I mean, bus. if he's a solid, fundamental guy, he'll be just fine. Yeah. Because his, his, what he does on the field will help him off the field. I mean, long hair, no long hair, nice body, you know, dumpy body. What you do... Is is the way you're going to lead, and you make those plays, and you do the fundamental things that you, your arm has got you to do. You're going to be just fine because you got talent all around you. You got people that can protect you. You got guys that can make big plays, and if you make good decisions and do your fundamentals, you there shouldn't be anything wrong. Yeah, and find the uh, find the matchup that favors your team. Absolutely, and that, that's what this, this what this offense should be able to create is matchup problems. But know. I think, like you said, will they be able to run the ball? Will they be able to run the ball consistently where it keeps a lot of the pressure off of him, where he doesn't have to make all those plays. I mean, last year was about, you know, they've got had great running backs, but still there was a lot of pressure on him to create plays. Well, And that's that's always has to be said about Quinn Ewers. He hasn't played a full season of football since he was a sophomore in high school. Right. You know, he was hurt his junior year and came back. Then he didn't play his senior year. We know that. We know last year he got hurt in his redshirt freshman year, essentially. So he's got to stay healthy. But even in his you know, time rising to be in the number one quarterback in the nation at uh, South Lake Carroll, 
he's a two-read quarterback, right? He you know, read one. If that's not there, he goes the other. And if not, he right. dumps it off or runs. That He's got to evolve that progression part of his game. But you're right about the balance. Here's Sark with Greg McElroy talking about the balance they desire on offense to create something that could be really special on that side of the ball. Offensively, we've got to be a more balanced attack than we were mm-hmm. a year ago. Um, you know, we were a, a very good running football team. Clearly, when you have a, you know, a B. John Robinson and a Roshan Johnson, um, we had a lot of youth on the offensive line. And, and quite frankly, we had youth at the quarterback position. And I didn't love the depth at wide receiver. So we did a lot to try to address, you know, the, kind of the the depth chart that way. And then you have to put in the time. You know, our offense is better when we can run the ball. We can throw the RPOs the way that we do. We can play action pass and take those shots and connect on those things down the field and then try to create space for our players uh, on that side of the ball. And I think that, that you know, we felt really good about that coming out of spring. We, we continue to work on it here this summer um, because if, for us to be the team that we want to be late in the season, we're going to need that balanced attack and we're going to need to make sure that, that we're uh, dangerous through the passing game. Uh, all right, so there's Sark. Good stuff right there with Greg McElroy on the uh, All About College Football podcast that he does. And, uh, you know, we'll hear more from Sark next week up at Big 12 Media Days. He'll be there with his contingent of five players and uh, echoing a lot of these same comments. They've got to be balanced. Yeah, would the head be. coach be patient enough to stick with a run game that, I mean, this is, this is going to be some hard four-yard runs, three-yard runs that can get you first downs, but you're going to have to be confident that's what can happen, or do you just get away with it? Get away from it. You can't can't just give up on it. Uh, agreed. And I think he figured that out as the year went on last yes. year. That you know the Baylor game when Quinn was struggling, they just said saddle it up, let's run the ball. They did the same thing at uh, K State and and other you know big wins. Um, but at the same time, you know the the Texas Tech game maybe not enough running the ball. The Oklahoma State. Yeah, game and you got to sure. let some of these running backs start to flourish. They got to they got to start feeling confident sure. that you believe in what they can do too. I think Brooks does. I think he's a guy that. He just his ta- he's I think he's a really talented running back and he feels that way. But there's some other young guys that he, they're just gonna, you know, it's gonna come with the experience of running it, getting punched in the face. Sorry, you're not gonna get this hard two yard run. You know, you're gonna have to make some things happen yourself. But this is an offensive line that should be able to move people now. Yeah, you know, sure. And get that- them get them off their spots now. Well, that's that's the other part of this, and we'll wrap up our coach's corner with the with this. I mean, the, it's about another step of development. Last yep. year they got better. They got better on the offensive line. They got better you know, running the football. They got better on defense, which was historically bad the previous year. Uh, with the added, yes, added weapons, another year with a healthier offensive line, a healthy Xavier Worthy, can you take another step where you go from improved to championship level? I mean, that's really the goal. Uh, and if you, you know, they, and stuff like body language was worthy. Yeah. I mean, dropping uh, balls that hit you in the hands. You know, sure. I got a broken hand. I don't give a rat's ass if all your fingers are broken. Hit you in the hand, make the catch. Where where is he going? Where is he going to be? I mean, he he's the guy who if he steps up to another level too, he will change things. So, uh, Steve Sarkeesian can't say enough good things about Xavier Worthy, and that he's been around a lot of really good receivers in his day, mm-hmm. and uh, really thinks he's he's as good as he's had. So, um, and know, when the uh, time comes to use Jordan Whittington, if he's the guy you have to go to eight times in a game, nine times in a game to make eight or nine catches, then go to him. We'll come back, pick up these conversations, get into the Cowboys as well with the new Netflix documentary coming on Jerry Jones uh, and where the Cowboys stand as they look forward to training camp later in the month. Uh, hit some other buck-ons and buck-offs as well. Hot or not for the end of the hour, it's B&E on a busy Thursday. It's Bucky and Aaron. Yeah, buck off to a 7-Eleven worker in Florida who is facing felony battery charges after throwing a big gulp at a customer's head. 
It's one of those things I know you want to do it sometimes. Sometimes it's, people just get to you, and you're just ready to throw yeah, a big just, gulp at their you head. You can't do it. A big gulp. <laughs> a big gulp. Uh, 35-year-old Miles Jenkins was frustrated with a customer who was being a wise guy. And, yeah, just threw a full big gulp of lemonade right at his head. Actually, it was a put woman. his eye out or something? Actually, it was a woman. Oh, really? It was a Karen who was being a Karen and got the big gulp in the head. And, again, you know, control yourself, but buck off to that. You just can't do it. Can't do it. No. One of those customers always right. But uh, felony battery charge, I think that might be a little excessive. You know, Maybe put her eye out. Felony? A big gulp will put your eye out. Well, put that big, juice in your eye. Well, he's got a record and served several years in prison, so oh. probably not going to end well for him. No. Um, it's like the guy on the I'll airplane. I'm seeing him on court TV next week. Yeah, you will. Uh, Jacksonville, by the way. That's nowhere, no, St. Petersburg, Florida is where oh. that happened at a 7-Eleven location. It's like the, uh, the guy on the plane who was harassing Mike Tyson until he Why? punched him. Why? Why do you keep doing that? Eventually, you're just going to get punched. <laughs> you're going to get hit. Eventually, you're just going to get smashed. If that's what you want, if that's what you want your <laughs> friends to see on your phone, you're, it's going to happen. If you keep doing it, it's going to happen. It's like, it's like the people that go into the lion's den and like, oh, he got oh, the shortcut. Oh, the guy that took the shortcut that time? He got I need killed. to get to the other side of the zoo. <laughs> what did he do? Oh, he went in the lion's cage? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, the guy was like, Mike Tyson was in his airport seat and he's like, on his airplane, and he's hit, pushed in the back of it. And he keeps, like, intentionally rattling Mike Tyson. And he's got his phone in his hand. Until he punched him. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to happen. He's going to get upset. Yeah, but, you know, leave the guy at 7-Eleven alone. But uh, can't throw lemonade big gulps at people. No. That's just not going to go. And not going to work. We're taking your buck-ons and buck-offs. Talking a lot of Longhorn football this morning with the announcement of the All-Big 12 preseason teams and Jalen Ford as Defensive Player of the Year in the preseason. Was there somebody did unanimous? There was no unanimous vote. Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy was the unanimous pick uh, wide receiver. Why not the tackle? Why not the guy who... Well, I mean, that's... to Are they they waiting to see if, oh, he'll have a, a sophomore slump or something? Possibly. Well, and there's also going to look. There's there's four new teams in the league, which means there's four. There's new groups of media covering this, and that's who does the, the poll, right? Is the the media that covers? Oh, so they the, don't know this. So maybe done. You know, sophomore Kelvin Banks. But he's still first team. He's on the first team All Big sure. Twelve. He's just not unanimous like Xavier Worthy was. Who's going into his third season? Uh, but I do think you know if anybody was was he was the best offensive lineman in this conference arguably last year. One of the best in the country, yeah. And, you know, just became a, a pillar on the left side there. And his his goal is going to be to take the next step as a run blocker and because we know what he does in pass pro. I mean, he is elite in that level. And that's the exciting part for the Longhorns among, among a, a number of exciting parts is you know bringing Christian Jones back, who made huge strides last year from what he was to what he became. And it, it's becoming more and more evident that, you know, Kyle Flood has been a huge upgrade at technique and, and sure. teaching on the offensive line from what Herb Hand was. We've had you know former offensive linemen who played for both guys say as much. Like I mean, he, you, you, it's light and day, night and day. What what Kyle Flood teaches and the techniques he teaches and how he teaches it versus what Herb Hand was delivering. And you know, coaching matters, Buck. I mean, you got to teach Boy, it the that, right at way. That position, yeah, on the offensive line for sure. And you coached offensive football for a long time. It's it's the engine of the team. It's the engine of the offense. If you if you don't do it properly. Your run game and your pass game <laughs> are not going to go. No, and that's you know Longhorn fans don't like to hear that because it's frustrating. Because you go back to those seasons, you're like, well, this guy wasn't coaching them the right way to do things. Well, that's well, why is he so here so long? Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he Herb Hand liked making videos of his barbecue episodes. <laughs> he was good at that. He was good on the Insta or whatever that was where Herb Hand would Man. smoke meat and stuff. Um, it says buck on to that guy for doing what we all want to do. He's taking a stand for us, throwing big gulps. 
Yeah, sometimes. But yeah, do but, it for us. That's yeah, fine. But he's not. We're not going to do the prison time no, that he's going to do no, for no, doing no, that. No. Um. So yes, <laughs> we'll follow that. But yes, for 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 Kelvin Banks, I do think he was deserving of of unanimous. But at this point, to be preseason All Big Twelve as a fresh as it going into a sophomore year, he's on his way uh, on a trajectory to the National Football League pretty quickly. Uh, and he's on David, his way to being a first round draft pick. Uh, high. Very high. If he stays on this trajectory, where he, as we've talked about a lot, and I heard Rod and Harge talking about it yesterday, you know, in his freshman year, faced four first-round pass rushers who went in the top 31 picks of the draft in April and didn't give up a single sack and really dominated. Um, you know, Tyree Wilson was the seventh pick of the draft. Will Anderson right. was the third pick of the draft. I mean, these are guys that were elite talents who he held his own and, and more than held his own. Um, you know, Will McDonald from Iowa sack. State. And, you know, think about the uh, the game against Kansas State that the Longhorns won in Manhattan. Not only did uh, Felix and Uduke Ozoma did not have a sack, they, he got dominated by Kelvin Banks. Uh, and remember the, the Will Anderson game where Will made some clay, plays, but he also jumped off sides a bunch of times. You know, that was his second game of his career, playing a guy who was, was, was graded as the best player in, defensively in the draft. Yeah, and I mean, if he worked that hard in the, in the pass pro and in his passing game, then... Now you've got to trust that he'll be – you had to use him as a weapon in the run game now. Well, I think – Get on the weak link on a defense and just ride that big dude. Well, you and I have done this long enough to, to, to know when Texas was really good, and it did have this feel where we're talking about guys who could be first-round draft picks. We're talking oh, yeah. about guys who could be high first-round draft picks because I do think Kelvin Banks is on that trajectory. Jatavion Sanders at tight end is on a trajectory to be a you know, first-round draft pick type of player. If you listen to Steve Sarkeesian, he will tell you that Xavier Worthy – is that kind of player, and you know Steve Sarkeesian has coached some great receivers in his day. Most recently at Alabama, with the likes of Devontae Smith, who won a Heisman Trophy, and yep. Jalen Waddle, and these guys. And he speaks of Xavier Worthy in those same, you know, in that same conversation that he's that type of talent. And we saw Xavier X Man do it as a freshman, had the injuries and whatever was going on last year, inexperienced at quarterback. Can he get back? And if he does, he'll be on that track. Well, you'll know within the first two games what kind of intensity he has. Well, and there are. You know, there are people who look at, have watched and seen A.D. AD Mitchell. And if you saw him in the spring game, that guy has high-level Sunday ability at the wide receiver position. So, yes, there's a number of guys in that. And, and obviously you're looking at mock drafts for next April. They're already talking about Quinn Ewers. And you know, he's got, talking about a guy has got to live up to that potential. But that's how he's being discussed and talked about as a guy that can be in that conversation. So, Dude, yes. If he does, there are, there are places to go. Yeah, gosh. If he plays anywhere close to that, this team's going to be really hard to stop in my mind on offense. And then defensively, the strides they took a year ago, uh, take another step defensively, become more impactful, make those splash plays. Then all of a sudden, because those are the things, Buck, those sacks and fumbles that lead to turnovers. And they, they brought in Joe DiCamillis to help with their special teams, mm-hmm. right, to be an advisor to Jeff Banks. Joe DiCamillis is a 30-year NFL special teams coordinator. Well, it is after July you know, it is after July 4th, so the Kool-Aid now can be... Well, look, we're going to start to partake in the Kool-Aid now. But, but see, that's, to me, the, and we've seen Texas at times become this program where the, those big splash plays and special teams plays that returning a kick or blocking a punt, or those kind of things separate games, right? Instead of playing all these real close games, and all of a sudden you're, you're leading by double digits going into the fourth quarter because you, you're creating opportunities in all three phases. You're explosive on offense... You're, you're, you can become explosive on – because that's what they were on defense last year, Buck. They were, they were solid, and then they were opportunistic, and they were tenacious on the D-line. If, that, if you take that next step where you become, you become dominating, where you're forcing 
fumbles and, and sacks sure. and the ball's on the ground and you're picking balls off. And your special teams changes changes field position yeah. a lot in games. That's the stuff that, that goes from a good team to a great team. And so I'm not saying they're going to be a great team, but I think they have the potential to be one. Uh, I wouldn't have said that a year ago. Uh, I certainly wouldn't know. Two years ago, this team feels like a team that, that has an opportunity well, to do that. But they got to put it all together. Well, uh, but I will give Sark this credit, Buck, on a buck on. He's leaving no stone unturned. He's using the, the funds and the, you know, the, the money that they have available to bring in a Joe D. Camillus and bring in a Paul Christ and bring in uh, defensive assistants who can help you know, develop players and get this the max. Because you've got to maximize this team if you're Steve Sarkeesian. If you do, you, you could finish your, your, your tenure in the Big 12 in a good place. Yeah, and, and going into the SEC, there is, you know, as we get ready to look at some of these young football players around here in the flex group, a kid like Jack Kaiser in your special teams, oh, I'm not afraid like, to do I'm not afraid. I wouldn't be afraid to do that. I'll, 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 I'll do a scholarship for that kid. Over, I, I, like I, I would, yeah, I would do it. I would give a, a scholarship up to have that guy returning punts and kickoffs for me if I'm moving into the SEC. And I'm and I'm I'm going to the places that I want to go to. I'm taking that chance because the last little guy that was around here to got away, or went somewhere else, is now playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I won't let that happen. I'm 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 willing to take that chance. And some people will say, "Man, he's too little. He's too that." Oh, it's just Westlake. Here's what I'm going to do. If I'm going to upgrade what I need to do in special teams wise, I'm taking that chance. Here's a scholarship for you know. If I'm going to give him one for you, for you, I'm giving one right there. Would you like to come here and be my special teams kid? I'm willing to do that. Now I've seen enough of him over the last two years that say I'll take that chance. Yeah, he was in guy, my own backyard. Uh, well, Jack Kaiser plays at Westlake, and he's five five, right? But if he, you know, as a sophomore, he sprung onto a state championship team and was like the leading rusher on the team. He was again last year, and now he's going to be a senior at Westlake. A senior, yeah. Uh, he's a guy to watch for sure. All right, this says, what is concerning is all these possible draft picks are on offense, not defense. Well, I think they have defensive candidates on I mean, J- Jalen Ford. If he has a year like he did a year ago, has a chance to be a high high pick. Now, linebackers typically don't go super high, but, you know, first, first second round type of player, I think that's a projection for Jalen Ford that's that's there. Byron Murphy projects as a, as a Sunday football player. Alfred Collins has the body. He's got to put it together with his performance. He's a guy. Yeah, I like that, to see the anchor on the outside. For sure. Uh, that's, I think that's where they're, they're the thinnest right now and the most yeah. unproven is on the edges. I think they're really I just don't solid. like when they give up the edge. I don't like to give up a third and six and somebody runs the ball and they get the edge no. on you. Yeah, I, that's, we hated to see that. I think, I think we all, I mean, as fans, I think we hated to see that happen. Well, the, the, the op. The optimism is that you're really strong up the middle of your defense. Your defensive tackle rotation is deep and talented. You, your middle linebacker is your conference defensive player of the year in the in the preseason. And your safety position and star position is really deep and talented. And you've added a guy like Jalen Catalan from Arkansas. Um, you know, you, though you're right yeah. up the middle, you're really good. And, and that I, was the, that was the thing I thought that they did well with the outside. Even though they got the outside, the guys in the secondary when they came up made the plays. It wasn't a bunch of head duckers that we had seen previously when there was a tackling epidemic here for a long, long time. I mean, the guys that came out of the secondary, the young guys that came out made tackles. They took the right lanes, they took the right angles, and they made tackles. A lot of guys didn't get juked out. And like we just talked about with the offensive line, they looked 
well coached, right? Yeah, they did. Sound. Absolutely. There was... And that's, you know, you combine talent with good coaching and you have a chance. All right, a lot of Texas football chatter, and why not? Because we're 68 days at the start of the season. We're inside a week to Big 12 football media days, and the Big 12 media preseason polls and, and conversations are out with uh, the Longhorn linebacker Jalen Ford as the preseason defensive player of the year. Jalen Daniels, the quarterback at Kansas, is the preseason offensive player of the year. And what a dynamo he is as a dual threat player. Uh, I think Will Howard at Kansas State was worthy of some uh, some votes there. Yep. Uh, but because he led K State to the championship a year ago, had a great final, you know, second half of the season last year for K State. But Jalen Daniels is the pick in that spot. He is also the first team quarterback. Richard Reese at Baylor is the Big 12's uh, first team running back with Devin Neal at Kansas, also on the first team. Yeah, that kid was special as a freshman last year at Baylor. Well, there that's where Dave Aranda's hoping to get back to yes. playing that great defense, which they didn't last year. Remember when they won the Big 12 championship? Baylor had a great defense, um, and they ran the football right and. They they need to get back to that because people talk about the quarterback Blake Shapin. Dave Aranda would tell you we've got to get back to playing defense uh, because if you look at that championship year, I think Baylor in the year they won the Big Twelve didn't allow a team more than thirty one points in any game and they lost a lot of good players. That was those weren't just players; those were good players that play in the NFL. I mean those that was a that was a heck of a defensive team. Well, uh, and that's what Dave Aranda is going to be, all right, but. He would say we have to play lower-scoring, defensive-minded games, and we can win those because of a guy like Richard Reese and our offensive line. And Blake Shapin's good enough to win those games. Yeah, we it's ran the ball start, pretty well. We had a good start. offensive line. We ran the ball well. We always, and they always had one wide receiver. E that who the hell is that guy? You'd say. Well, that was Ty- Tyquan Thornton the year they won the Big 12, and he's playing for the New England Patriots now in the National Football League. All right, we'll come back. I'll hit some hot or not topics, lighten the mood a little bit with uh, that conversation. Also, Jerry Hamilton inside Texas will join us after the top of the hour. His thoughts on the Longhorn last four or five commitments that have rolled in um, verbally for the class of 2024. Also, Jerry, with the uh, basketball side of things, Longhorns had a big visit this ye- just yesterday from uh, what could be the final piece to their basketball roster puzzle. And we'll talk about those things coming up as well. But Hot or Not is next here on Beanie. What's hot? And what's not? Yeah, I mentioned this off the top of the show, but I'm hot on uh, the buck off of the buck on of the day, and that is a uh, 90-year-old lady in Tyler, Texas, Buck. Tyler, Texas. This is how you get her done. Melba Mebane from Tyler, Texas, just retired after working at the same Dillard's department store for 74 years. Started as a in 1949 as an elevator operator, eventually switched to cosmetics, and in 74 years. She didn't call in sick one single day. It's amazing. One single day. How about that? Pretty good. Uh, on the not hot side of things, uh, or maybe you're hot on this, are you an, an IHOP guy, Buck? Are you a fan of International House of Pancakes? I like IHOP. I'm good with that. They Check. do a good job with the um, with the uh, eggs over easy. Ooh. Well, they, make, they, 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 they major in the pancakes. They do major in the pancakes. International House of Pancakes. Jack yes. Farrell, Happy Jack, our producer today with Ty being out. Are you a fan of the IHOP? IHOP's all right if you want a cheap pancake. I do want to shout out, you said Jim's earlier in the show. Yeah. I'm a Jim's man. Are you a Jim's the man? best pancake in the city, Jim's. Really? Ooh, I would go. say so. Spice and Springs in 183. Yeah, they blueberry, do right. the blueberry. Yeah. And you sound like a pancake connoisseur, yeah, Jack man. Farrell. I, I will go to war for Jim's pancakes. They <laughs> I'm, a, the I'm a one pancake guy. Yeah, I'm a one pancake guy. All I need is one big Big pancake. I don't well, need IHOP, Texas two-step at Jim's, man. IHOP has just announced pancake tacos for their menu. Pancake tacos, which is their silver dollar pancakes filled with different fillings 
that are either savory or sweet. They have a caramel banana. They've got a bacon, egg, and cheese stuffed. Put some pancake. sausage in that bad boy. Sounds pretty good to me. It sounds like a McGriddle. I'm all over that. <laughs> McGriddle. Oh, oh, McDonald's. The McGriddle. Yeah, man, whoever came up with that, man. That little hint of syrup in there. Those things are I see bomb. it's Grimace's birthday, too. They've got that purple shake. I haven't got that yet. I haven't Grimace got to that. From McDonald's? Yeah. Huh. You know, the hamburger that whole gang? They still, I know Ronald McDonald, and he's always, you know. Kind of creepy. I kind of grew up with Grimace. I was not a big Grimace fan, but Grimace then turned into like Barney the Dinosaur. You know what I mean? The big yeah. purple lamp, big purple thing. I was never the, the what is it, the, the Hamburglar? I was never a fan of that. That dude kind of creeped me out. Mayor McCheese. Oh, McCheese. Mayor McCheese. <laughs> Officer Big Mac. Oh, Officer man. Big Mac. There you go. Jack's got them all. Uh, all right, before we get uh, Jack Farrell, going to lead us through a couple of topics we've missed halfway through this Buck Off Thursday here on B&E. Jack, you're, I know you're a big Rockets fan. You're in there with your Houston Houston Astros hat. We talked about the Mavericks trade earlier for Grant Williams, which you give a thumbs up. Are you a fan of what the Rockets have done so far in free agency? I feel like the Rockets have overpaid people in free agency, but as the details and the terms of the contracts have come out, I'm a little, I'm a little happier. I do feel like $20 million a year for Dylan Brooks is a bit nutty but i hear that that's an incentive laden contract and a front-loaded contract so that means it'll be easier to trade once the rockets are actually worried about their cap space and trying to be a good team yeah well and i do think as i mentioned yesterday the rockets had to spend and they almost had to overspend to get to the the salary cap floor in the nba uh so at some level i mean this is what the league's collective bargaining agreement is about we'll have a salary cap but we're also gonna have a salary floor so you have to spend them you can't just sit there and sit, sit on that money and not spend it so if you're going to spend it, I think Ime Udoka would tell you, the new head coach, we needed some leadership and we needed some toughness. That's My man first. Jeff Green yeah, back we, in Houston. We needed some toughness. We needed some adults in the room with all these young guys that we've got running around. And um, I think they've added that with Fred Van Fleet. And it's hard to not say buck on to a guy who was undrafted, who's worked his way into the largest contract ever for an undrafted player. Um, you know, To be the, the size of Fred Van Fleet and not get drafted but not give in and keep fighting for your dream and – you know, winning an NBA championship, becoming an all-star. And, and now, just having people just wait and see when you give out. Yeah. And now he's, you know, the Rockets are bringing him in for that very reason, that he's tenacious, he's a leader, he's a, he's grown up. <laughs> he will he will bring his lunch pail every day, kind of like the lady at Dillard's there and Tyler that's going to show up and go to work. That's, uh, that's the kind of player you want to build around if you're, or build with if you're a new head coach, you know, trying to install a new culture with a lot of talented young guys, but they're, oh, they're yeah. just that. They're young. They're young. They're babies. Uh, down in Houston. Uh, all right there, Jack, what do you have for us? What have we missed halfway through this buck-off Thursday? The Victor Wembanyama effect. Okay. As we are here in the NBA Summer League, which is the league for you know fringe guys and rookies, you know getting some reps before the, the real thing starts. Before uh, Wemby, I want to say, uh, if you want to watch some of your Longhorns in that Summer League, uh, Marcus Carr is going to be on the Suns, Timmy Allen is going to be on the Grizzlies, and Jabari Rice will be playing with Victor Wembanyama on the Spurs. But... Now that we are in Summer League, ticket prices for Victor Wembenyama games, the get-in-the-door price to see Wemby at what amounts to an exhibition game is $186 per ticket with the good seats as much as $617 what is to he go see Wemby. What is he? Quinn Ewers? <laughs> greet, meet and greet? Come hey, on. You know, Quinn Ewers can only invite you. You don't have to spend that money. That's true. If you got it, you can spend it. Yeah, but Wemby is, a, is, is an attraction. Obviously, in um, where they, they play the summer leagues in, in, in Salt Lake and in, in Vegas, right? There's a few of them. the The big one is in um, Las Vegas. Yes, yes, yeah. They're, the NBA's already announced. Like either it's next year they're going to do the NBA Con. 
the convention uh, centered around those summer league games. And uh, oh, really? Out there Do in all their stuff there. Yeah, uh, it's become a popular thing. But to your point of Quinn, yours, he is having a meet and greet at uh, Golffinity here in Austin, Texas. That's coming up uh, Wednesday. It's tonight. I don't know. Next Wednesday. Next week. Next week, Golffinity. And yeah, that's to your point. Adult tickets are $283. $283. You can get your kid in for $37.89. to $40 bucks for the kid. Um,. VIP group tickets are available for four attendees, and that costs two thousand three hundred and twelve. That's when NIL just gets out of this world, right there, to me. Now, again, with all the NILs at Texas, it's going to benefit a great cause. Proceeds for the event will benefit Merging Vets and Players, a five hundred one c three. That was the nonprofit that was put together by Jay Glazer and our friend Nate ba- uh, Nate Boyer. Tell me, fifteen hundred well. going to them? Yeah. Well, that's what it's for, and you know, I'm heard you'll get a cut of it, but you get assigned. Quinn Ewers jersey, and uh, it's coming up July 22nd. Actually, two Wednesdays from now is when that is going to be. Merging Vets and Players, um, which was a great cause. And we, sure had, we had Nate Boyer on the show recently talking about that when he was in town um, because, as we've talked about with Nate, I mean, he, Nate played football, but he also served our country as a as a special operator. And he says a lot, lot they have similarities when they try to retire. They don't. They, they, I told you there's it. only one athlete that's remaining on this earth that I'd pay $2,000 to to sit and spend a few minutes Remember, talking to. Remember, the $2,000 is for a group of I people. Understand. Well, you I understand. All, to see Quinn yours, all you have to do is pay 280 bucks. Okay, there's only one athlete that I'd do that for right only now. Only one for 280 Yeah, Willie Mays. Now, in this at this time in my life, the rest, I've been around enough of them. I don't need to pay to talk to them. Right, we'll take but I do question. that for Willie Mays. I do that for Willie Mays. Who would you pay 280 to hang out with, meet and greet? Yeah. Also, Golffinity is a cool place where you can oh. swing the golf club and have a drink and enjoy your time. <laughs> I says, looks like my kid's going alone. I'll pay for my kid to go for 40 bucks, and that's it. Dad's not going, huh? Dad's out. <laughs> Dad's out. Somebody said, hey, Buck, they opened that new HEB 290 at oh. uh, Nutty Brown. Yeah, you know, my wife gave me the old, what are you, how old, are you just an old man, you just want to go out and hang out to the grand opening of the HEB? I said, I'm going to go see HEB. She goes, no way, old man. Hey, look what's over your shoulder right now, a commercial for IHOP Pancake Tacos. There you go. I'm in on it now. Those are good. <laughs> oh, Jack's in. There's a commercial right there. cream on it. Pancake Tacos at IHOP. Remember when Michael Huff, the Longhorn? He wanted to buy one of those. He wanted to own a yeah. IHOP. I wonder if he's ever done that with any of his NFL cash and NFL loot. Coming up, Jerry Hamilton, Inside Texas, talking all things Longhorn recruiting.